when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. How's it going, everyone? Uh, welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. My name is Ty Gonzalez. I am not Colby Patnode. Colby is going through some technical difficulties with his computer today. So uh, hopefully we'll have him back for our final podcast of the week, previewing uh, the um Oakland series coming up on the weekend, as well as looking back at uh, the current Texas series, which is currently in its final game right now. They're in the second inning, uh, one nothing Texas as as I'm recording this right now. So, uh, but today we're going to be talking about just the general happenings of the Mariners for this past week. It's been a huge week, really hectic, a lot of roster moves. Uh, the big one, of course, being the trade of Anthony Swarzak to Atlanta. We're going to be covering that as well as the si- the free agent signing of Anthony Bass and uh, all the uh, all the other roster moves that have uh, have come about here for the Mariners, including um, the designation of Zach Roscup, uh, Mike Wright, um, etc. Uh, for assignments. So, uh, been a lot of moves to uh, to talk about, and uh, we're going to get into that and also uh, answer some of your questions that you guys sent us on Twitter. But first. We are going to go into this uh, trade with the Braves, which was an an enormous shock, really, Um, just considering that Anthony Swarzak had been atrocious ever since that uh, road trip to Anaheim, just really looked uncomfortable on the mound Um, every time he stepped out there, uh, had a couple blown saves, had just just a couple real meltdowns in general. over uh, this last month or so, so uh, it, it, but for some reason the uh, the Atlanta Braves they see they saw something in Swarzak that they uh, that they liked and uh, they made a deal for him here early on in May. It's been a struggle for the Braves bullpen, um, so clearly they were desperate uh, to get uh, a new face in there. But um, to trade for Swarzak of all people is. Uh, uh, it's a little surprising, but uh, in return, the Mariners are getting Jesse Biddle, left-handed pitcher, uh, former first-round pick of the Philadelphia Phillies. He was DFA'd by the Braves on May 15th, uh, and they are also getting uh, a Rowdy's Vizcaino, another reliever, um, high-leverage reliever, was a closer for uh, for the Braves. Um, but he went down with a shoulder injury, had to get surgery. He will not pitch this year, and he is uh, set to hit free agency after this season. Uh, so he will not pitch for the Mariners uh, this season and may never pitch for the Mariners, but we'll get into that in a second. But first, let's look at, at Biddle. Uh, Jesse Biddle, uh, 27 years old, left-handed pitcher, 6'5", 220. Um, again, was a first-round pick of the Phillies. Uh, at number 27 overall in the 2010 draft. Um, it was, it, it, for Biddle, it's been a bit of a struggle for him this year. 5-4-0 ERA uh, in 15 games, just 11 and two-thirds innings pitched. 
uh, has uh, not eleven strikeouts, has a WHIP of two four zero. To get Biddle in here, he's a multi inning guy. That's the that's the kind of profile that the Mariners have seemed to um, uh, gravitate towards for their bullpen uh, this year, and. Um, you know, I, I really don't think that uh, the ERA really shows um, how uh, how Biddle has properly performed this year. I think Biddle hasn't been as bad as his stats would claim. Uh, if you look really at his uh, at his Statcast profile, uh, you know he's a four seamer, uh, curve slider guy. Mainly uses his four seamer about more than you know, just a little over half the time. Uh, curve and slider are about uh, 24-23% of the time uses those, uh, and really it's been a been a huge success for him for uh, with the uh, with the curveball. Uh, and uh, the slider X, uh, ba- uh, the XBA on his curve this year has been uh, just 169, uh, and the XBA on two uh, on the uh, slider has been 236. Um, but then if you go up to uh, to the four seamer, uh, opponents are hit, are uh, have a an X slugging percentage of 810, um, and just a uh, normal slugging percentage of 577. Uh, 423 batting average. Uh, the really, it's just been his fastball has been knocked around quite a bit. Um, you know, but the Mariners have been able to find these pitches that are working uh, well for these pitchers. Uh, when you look at you know guys like Connor Sadzik and Brandon Brennan, especially Brennan with his changeup and everything, really relying heavily on that. You know, the Mariners uh, probably have noticed uh, these uh, differences and these splits for for his pitches. Uh, so hopefully Biddle is going to be throwing a little more uh, breaking stuff uh, than his fastball uh, here in Seattle. And I think he could have some pretty decent success with that. As for Vizcaino, uh like I said, might not ever pitch for the Mariners. Uh, he's definitely 100% out for the rest of this uh, this season. He will hit free agency. But the good thing about this is, uh, for the Mariners, they have the inside track on him now uh, with his medicals and everything. And Vizcaino, when healthy, is one of the better late inning relievers in baseball. Um, so the fact that they have um, this inside track on him where they're going to be working with him in his rehab and uh, being able to look at his medicals and everything, um, it would not surprise me if they are able to re- re-sign him in the offseason. And that would be a huge win uh, for them moving forward and adding a uh, a uh, top tier piece to uh, to their bullpen. Um, so that would that would be incredibly massive for them. But right now, uh, it's just a, uh, a money uh, situation for them. Anthony Swarzak was uh, set to make eight million dollars on the year. Uh, Vizcaino was uh, set to make uh, roughly uh, five. I think he's at like four point eight, four point nine on the year. Um, the Mariners are also sending um, cash to the Braves. Uh, the specifics on the cash um, obviously are not out, uh, but you would think that the rest of that would cover the difference between Vizcaino and Swarzak's deals, uh, whatever that may be at this point. Um, so really, that's that's a wash unless the Mariners uh, are able to re-sign Vizcaino, which... Um, right now is is a legit possibility, um, given that the Mariners are going to be very familiar with him and um, and working relatively close with him on his rehab this year. So 
we'll have to wait and see on that, but that could be a huge move for them and uh, one we'll have to wait and see on. But the Mariners did get value in this deal. Uh, like I said, Biddle has been better than his stats would suggest. Uh, if he can go more to his breaking stuff, I think that's going to be extremely huge for him. Um, it's been, uh, you know, even looking back at his numbers last year, um, you know, hitters were only uh, hitting 101 uh, off of his uh, off of his curve last year. So that's that's um, this isn't just a small sample thing. This has been going on for the last couple of years. Um, and uh, if he can lean on that on the on his breaking stuff a little bit more, um, they might have something in him. But uh, Biddle and Vizcaino are not the only relievers the Mariners acquired uh, this week. They also brought back a familiar face, Anthony Bass, uh, right-handed reliever. He was with the Cincinnati Reds uh, in their AAA affiliate, uh, opted out of his contract to uh, go seek a major league opportunity. Uh, the, the Reds... Um, uh, allowed him to do so, and uh, now he is back with the Mariners. If uh, if you remember, uh, Bass was acquired in the Leonis Martin deal back in uh, in December of 2015. Uh, the Mariners then released him in January of 2016, so he never pitched for the Mariners, uh, and he ended up going to, I believe, Japan, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and then came back, uh, pitched for the Rangers, it didn't go so well. He was with the Cubs last year and uh, actually pitched pretty well uh, for Chicago. Just landed on the uh, on the ten day uh, injured list a, pa- a couple times. One with an illness and one with I believe a um, a back issue. If uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, but this year for uh, for Anthony Bass um, in Triple A. Right now, as I'm pulling up his Fangraphs um, page, uh, right now ba- or Bass in 20 innings for the uh, for the Reds AAA affiliate uh, had a 2.21 ERA, uh, 8.41 K per nine, 2.66 uh, walks per nine. Uh, so not bad. Uh, again, Bass um, is a uh, fastball dominant. Um, pitcher, uh, with, uh, or, well, more so like a four-seamer sinker type of guy. Does mix his slider in there quite a bit. Uh, sinker has been a lot better than his four-seamer. His four-seamer <clears throat> got knocked around quite a bit last year. Uh, just looking at his numbers with the Cubs. Uh, opponents having a 500 batting average against him. Uh, X-slugging was 648 on the fastball. But when you go down to his sinker, uh, it's a 253 batting average, 212 XBA, uh, and uh, his slider was uh, fantastic uh, last year as well. 125 batting average against that. Um, so kind of like Biddle, uh, fastball really isn't working for Bass. Uh, more the breaking stuff, and uh, maybe the uh, the Mariners see that and uh, think that they uh, that they have something there. Uh, Bass uh, was added to the 25 man roster. Yesterday, they DFA'd Ryan Garten, who had been with the team for uh, for a couple days to make room for him, and um, and now Anthony Bass is officially a Seattle Mariner, um, like actually in uniform for the first time in his career, uh, even though he was acquired by the team 
three years ago. Uh, so kind of a, uh, not really a Malik Smith situation, but kind of similar, just was acquired, but then, uh, then never made appearance for the team. So, <laughs> so that's always, uh, that's always fun when one of those guys kind of comes back to you and actually, uh, plays for you years later down the road. But, um, but yeah, so more more movement in the uh, in the Mariners bullpen. They brought up Matt Festa early on in the week. They brought up Ryan Garten. Um, just a uh, a lot of movement. Uh, Festa is now back down in AAA. Garten, as I said, DFA'd. Um, but they they keep on shifting through this bullpen, and that brings us to our next topic, which is uh, all the uh, DFA's. Uh, the Mariners made so we already talked about Garden of Garden of course uh, they also DFA'd Zach Roscup uh, Mike Wright and Nick Rumbelow so all three of them being relievers along with Garden so four in total uh, still haven't heard on Roscup which is really interesting we'll get into that in a second but the uh, Mike Wright and Nick Rumbelow have officially cleared waivers and have been outrighted to AAA Tacoma so the Mariners will keep them um and uh, should be pretty uh, happy about that, even though both Rumbelow and Wright have struggled. Uh, just to maintain that depth there and uh, and keep their arms in house uh, is never a bad thing. Um, so that's uh, that's a win for the Mariners in that sense. Uh, Ross Cup was one of the first ones to be DFA'd, however, and we have still not heard of, uh, anything on him. So the assumption is that he uh, is probably involved in a trade that should be coming up here soon. Um, the Mariners probably have worked out a deal here to trade Zach Roskap elsewhere. Uh, the Mariners just didn't want to hold on to a lefty specialist, just a guy that could only go one inning and really just face left-handed uh, hitters. That's just not um, what fits in the makeup of their bullpen. And uh, they ended up DFA in him, even though he was having a pretty decent year for them. But they're, uh, like we said, when he was DFA, there should be some um, interest in him on the open market. So, uh, so it seems pretty likely here that the Mariners have uh, have uh, worked out a trade uh, to send him elsewhere. So we should see about that. Either he's been traded or he's been claimed, and we just haven't heard that. But. Uh, I feel if he if he actually cleared waivers, we probably would have already heard it heard about it by now since Wright and uh, Rumbelow were DFA'd after uh, Ross Cup was. So uh, we'll see. Um, losing Ross Cup, uh, it does suck just in terms of losing um, just losing overall talent and value. Uh, Ross Cup probably would have gotten you something pretty decent if you held on to him until uh, July. Uh, nothing crazy, uh, but something of note. They might still be able to accomplish that considering what they were able to get for Swarzak. Um, but again, it's a it's a wait and see thing. Um, so, but Zach Ross Cup is uh, most likely no longer a uh, Seattle Mariner or within the uh, Mariners organization as a whole. But the Mariners didn't stop there. Like I said, they made a ton of moves this week, and we did cover these uh, in yesterday's podcast, so we won't go too deep into them today. Uh, but D. Gordon and Ryan Healy were placed on the 10-day injured list. D. with uh, with a wrist that uh, just continues to linger after being hit by a pitch from Jay Happ back in New York. 
and uh, Healy uh, injury, injured his back in the first game of this Texas series. So that uh, allowed for Shed Long to be called back up uh, to the ball club, and um, Dylan Moore was also reactivated from the 10-day injured list. Uh, both are playing right now in this game going on with Texas. And uh, Shedlong got his first major league hit last night, so congratulations to him on that. And uh, unfortunately, his time in Seattle will probably uh, be short-lived once again, uh, with Kyle Seeger set to make his 2019 debut on Saturday. He will be activated from the 60-day injured list. Uh, The Mariners will have to make a corresponding move to make room for him on the 40-man roster as well as the 25-man roster. Uh, Like I said, Shed Long will probably be the 25-man roster move. He'll be sent back down to AAA. Uh, Either him or Dylan Moore uh, or perhaps a reliever if they really do want to keep Long up. Uh, but the likeliest outcome is that Long will simply will be sent back down so he can um, play on a regular basis in Tacoma, uh, which kind of answers uh, one of the question uh, one of the questions we got from you guys. This comes from Jim, uh, and he asked, "When Seager comes back, who is going down to AAA or being DFA'd?" Uh, so again, uh, it's probably going to be Shed Long or Dylan Moore or a reliever. Uh, Colby did play around with the idea that it might be Jay Bruce, uh, but Bruce is playing today um, after not really seeing a whole lot of playing time, uh, and uh, that would kind of create a little bit of uh, some shorthandedness in the, in the outfield for the Mariners, uh, so I'm not sure if they would go that route. I think it would be more so just shed long going down so he can play regularly in AAA and Tim Beckham will take over second base duties on most nights while uh, while D Gordon is um, rehabbing his uh, his wrist. So let's get on to the other two questions we have for the day. Uh, this one comes from Colton Wage, I want to say. I'm so sorry if I got your uh, your name wrong. Uh, his handle is at KK Wage on Twitter, uh, W A A G E. Again, sorry if I got your last name wrong. Uh, but Colton asks, uh, what are they going to do with three first base slash DH types once uh, Ryan Healy returns from the uh, injured list? And um, that's one that's. You know, it's really interesting considering, uh, you know, Kyle Seager's coming back. So Healy is not going to be playing at third base much for the rest of the season, um, thankfully. <laughs> but uh, and now uh, that creates a little bit of a problem having Daniel Vogel back, having Edwin Encarnacion, having Jay Bruce, and then uh, adding Healy back to the mix. Um, pretty much where I stand on this is that if they do not want to DFA Jay Bruce and if they have not made a, uh, a trade for Edwin Encarnacion by that point, um, because they're not going to DFA Daniel Vogelback, of course, um, Ryan Healy is probably going to go to Tacoma. Uh, he does have options left. 
uh, not just one. I believe he has three, actually. So he is uh, good for this year and years to come uh, in doing that. He hasn't really been great this year. He doesn't offer you a lot of uh, value coming off the bench considering he's a below average defender no matter where he plays. Uh, His bat uh, for... um, as good as a slugging percentage may uh, may come off, it's uh, it's been still been a pretty abysmal year for uh, for Healy as a whole at the plate. Um, so I think Healy goes to AAA, and uh, in that uh, instance, if uh, if Encarnacion is not gone uh, by that time, and if they don't want to DFA Jay Bruce, which uh, Colby really likes the idea of and uh, and seems to be thinking that that's a real possibility. I'm not on that side just yet. I don't think that the Mariners are very much interested in DFA and him yet, uh, even though that they should. Uh, really, it's just it, the effect that he's having uh, or the negative effect that he's having on the team, as well as blocking someone like J or like someone uh, someone like Braden Bishop from getting uh, more playing time. Um. I just don't think it's worth the, you know, possibly C-level prospect that they could get for him. They're not going to get a whole lot for him no matter where uh, where and when they trade him. He's just, he's having a bad year overall. Uh, of course, you know, he has the home run numbers, but other than that, hasn't been able to give the Mariners any sort of value and hasn't been able to up his trade value whatsoever. So um, I just think at that point, it's a sunk cost. Of course, they still owe him about $25 million, um, but, uh, you know, it's at this point, you, you kind of just have to uh, to cut loose uh, when it's affecting um not only your performance on the field, but, uh, you know, really what matters in this year is getting playing time for some of your young players. And, uh, you know, they they have um, quite a few out, young outfielders that are either ready now or will be ready in, in the near future to play, uh, such, like, such as Braden Bishop. And th- those are the guys that uh, Bruce is potentially blocking. Um you know when you when uh, bishop was on the 25 man roster you know my mind uh, immediately goes to the new york series where they were playing haneker in center and bruce in right field even going into that ninth inning where swarzak blew the lead and uh you know if if braden bishop is playing center field in that game and and mitch haneker is playing right Mariners probably don't lose that game in that inning. You know, who's to say that they, you know, lose or win that game uh, as a whole, but still, uh, you know, Bishop uh, is, you know, when Bishop is on the the Mariners 25-man roster, he is immediately their best defensive player. And for how bad this team has been defensively, uh, they need that. So um, really, Jay Bruce is, is, doing nothing but causing you a lot of headache and um i could see him being dfa'd relatively soon i'm just not on board with colby in in the sense that it might happen straight away and not in uh in any sort of move that involves kyle seager this weekend um so we'll see on that so now we are going to go to our last question of the day this one comes from jeff holstein at jeff gosh darn on Twitter, pretty uh, pretty solid Twitter handle there, Jeff. And uh, he asks, 
with the Mariners playing Edwin Encarnacion a lot at first base, do you see him being flipped to the National League? And uh, I've talked about this uh, yesterday on the podcast briefly and uh, a little bit on Sunday during our takeaways article for the uh, the finale win against the Twins when Encarnacion just had an amazing day uh, on uh, Sotomojo.com. You can go read that if you want. Um, Encarnacion has incredibly upped his trade value and opened his market uh, pretty wide here, I believe. Um you know, really, uh, when the Mariners acquired Encarnacion during the offseason, um, the thought was that there would probably be only two to three teams in the mix for him. It would be someone like Tampa or New York or uh, even Cleveland again down down the line, uh, depending on what happened with them. Um, but now uh, that he is played at first base, this will... Uh, this will open up some things uh, for them um, to find uh, to potentially find a trade partner in uh, in the National League, uh, which now means that there's going to be a higher demand for Encarnacion. Uh, Encarnacion has played uh, more games this year than he ever did in a season for Cleveland. In 2017, he played about 20-ish games at first base. Uh, for Cleveland, and uh, in 2018, he also played about 20-ish games for Cleveland. And now in Seattle, he's already at the 33-34 game mark, somewhere in there, uh, and he's looked solid. Uh, you go back to, to Sunday's game against the Twins, and he had that diving grab in the infield and and made a pretty nice catch in, uh, in foul territory. Uh, he's been a sturdy uh, defensive first baseman for the Mariners. He's ha- he hasn't been fantastic by any means. He's not going to win any gold gloves. He had a pretty awful error in the, in today's game against the Rangers that led to a run. But overall, uh, he's given them uh, average defensive value at first base to go along with an elite um, bat. Uh, he's been uh, pretty fantastic at the plate this year. Uh Obviously, uh, one of the league leaders in home runs, uh, and uh, he's a proven veteran bat that teams are going to want to have on a playoff run. And now that he can offer defensive value to a DH-less National League, uh, there should be some teams involved. Uh, you know, some teams that come to mind are the Rockies, uh, the Brewers. Uh, you know, Milwaukee especially makes some sense with how Jesus Aguilar has been struggling. Um, and uh, that that seems to make some sense there. But either way, this is really good news for the Mariners because it is now opened his trade market to the point where um, there should be quite a bit of interest in him. And, and the Mariners might be able to leverage that into a pretty nice deal for them. Um, obviously, money is going to be uh, the biggest thing uh, Encarnacion going into this year was making uh, somewhere in the mid-20s. Um, but if the Mariners can eat most of that contract, they might find themselves with a prospect that can slide into their top 15 uh, right away. Uh, so that is, uh, that's really encouraging um, to see here. And uh, especially considering what the expectations of an Encarnacion trade were going into the season. Um, so 
you know, really just the big thing for him is uh, can he stay healthy? And if he does, um, the Mariners are probably going to get a really nice package or just one singular nice piece for uh, for Encarnacion. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for the question. Uh, it, it definitely makes a lot of sense that, that the National League uh, will be interested in Encarnacion's service uh, over the next couple months. And, um, and we'll see once, once things start to shake out with the national league, it's a, it's a highly competitive league, uh, with a lot of teams really on for it. So, uh, so we'll see what, uh, what some of those teams want to do, but, um, having that bat, uh, and especially if the Mariners can eat a lot of his salary, uh, teams might even look at, at, at Encarnacion as a bit of a luxury to perhaps just rotate through their lineup. Uh, and have him be somewhat of a bench piece, if that makes sense. Because if they're not paying him a whole lot, you know, what does it matter? But uh, but yeah, thanks for the questions uh, to uh, all three of you. Uh, and um, and that's going to just about wrap things up for us today. Um, so again, uh, hopefully Colby is able to to figure out his computer issues. And we're able to uh, to get back on track here either tomorrow or Friday. Uh, might have to delay things to Friday uh, for our recap of the Texas series as well as a preview of the upcoming Oakland series in which we're going to see Kyle Seeger make his 2019 debut. But that's going to be it for me. I'm Ty Gonzalez with SotoMojo.com. Please join us at the website. we got a lot of cool content going on right now. Uh, Colby and I just did a piece where we looked at the AL Central for potential prospects. We might, uh, we would like to see the Mariners target in a potential trade uh, come July. Uh, the, you know, Obviously, the Central has the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Indians, who both will probably be buyers at the deadline and uh, could be potential suitors for Edwin Encarnacion or Rowanis Elias or D Gordon, etc. So, um, so yeah, please check that out and the rest of our site. And, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, Twitter is the best place to do so at Soto Mojo FS. We're also on Facebook, but Twitter is really, uh, the place where we, uh, we interact with, with the community. So, uh, so hit us up on there and we'll be sure to, uh, to talk with you and, uh, and have some, uh, have some cool baseball discussions. So that's going to be it for the day. Again, I've been Ty Gonzalez. Thank you so much for joining me and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.